Kia Wellington. You're listening to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. Very excited to be in the studio and out of the cold on this miserable Wellington evening. My name is Perrine and I am with here with two very interesting guests, but also a much beloved and returning um, B-Side Stories host, Laura Kewen. Welcome back, Laura. Thank you, Perrine. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> Um, yes, I'm excited to be back in the studio. I've been away for a couple of years, but I just couldn't stay away from the beautiful big city of Wellington. Love it too much. Definitely worth moving back to Wellington. Absolutely. Just for, <laughs> just for a bit of B-sides, that's it. Yeah. Um, and our show today, we have two guests in the studio, Tui Matira Ranapiri Ransfield and Bianca Hislop. So Tui and Bianca, along with artist Rowan Pierce, have worked together on a number of artistic projects, and this week they bring He Huia Kaimanawa to Pōneke. He Huia Kaimanawa is a show that uses movement, voice, spatial design, and virtual technologies to explore the topic of learning te reo as second language learners. This show premiered at Auckland Arts Festival this March um, after having a preview show at Te Raukura Ki Kapiti in Paraparumu at the end of last year. Um, this week it will be at Te Fire as part of Kia Mo, which is the Contemporary Indigenous Arts Festival held every two years in Pōneke. So... No Mikey P B side stories. Tui, shall we start with you? Welcome to the show and are you happy to introduce yourself? Yes, Tina Kwe Purin. Kanuti Mihikiakwe. Nauti ne tono ituku. Nareda tina kwe tina hoki kwe kitine uh B side stories. Kyoda. Nareda nawaitine. Uh, no ngati o homairangi, no ngati makura tafiti ahau, <coughs> no ratau ngā mātua tūpuna o roto o era karangatanga apu, huri noa o te wako o ta, te arawa. Nā reira i whakatupu au i roto rua nui a kau matamomoi, um, kei reira tonu au e, e noho ana. Nā reira tēnā tātou katoa. Tēnā koe toe. Oh, kia ora, uh, kia ora ko Rua Kupreen, ko Laura, o tēra um, kia koutou katoa, uh, ko wai au, um, i te tau tōku māma, he uri ahau no te arawa, ngāti whakaue, tūhaurangi wāhi au, i te tau tōku pāpā, he pākea ahau, kona tūpuna no ingarangi me koterana, uh, ko Bianca Hislop tōku ingoa, I te puaki au ki tamaki makaurau, uh, i nuana au ki otaki i tēnei wā, uh, he kai kanikani ahau, um, o tērā he tauera ahau o tērā o Māori me ona tikanga. Ai, kia ora, I'm Bianca. Um, like Perrine introduced me, I'm one of the um, co-directors, collaborators of the show He Hui Akai Manoa. Um, and yeah, I'm a dance artist currently living in Ōtaki studying te reo Māori. Kia ora. 
Kia ora korua. Um, so we've got lots that we can discuss today, mm. but let's start with this show, the reason that you are here in Porniki. You've dragged yourself from warmer climates to be <laughs> down here for our Winters Festival. So um, if we can just start with the name of the show, He Huia Kai Manawa. What's the name? He Huia Kai Manawa is a figurative expression. Uh, that talks about something that is highly prized, like something that's a treasure. And we've used this expression uh, to express and explore what it is about, which is about te reo Māori, me tikanga, and the revitalization of te reo Māori to second language learners, to new learners, of this Indigenous official language of Aotearoa New Zealand. And it's it's likened to the huia plumes, the feather plumes of the huia bird. As you know, the huia bird is extinct. Um, and we're talking about a language that was on the brink of extinction, extinction. And there are parts of the language that are still um, that are still on the brink of extinction. Um, however, the story is to acknowledge all people in Aotearoa New Zealand and Australia and Hawaii and other parts of the world where they are taking they are learning about te reo Māori me tikanga via Zoom, um, on the net, if they're not able to be in the space here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And so it's it truly is living again. And people are devoted and dedicated to learning. And tertiary institutions and private PTE sectors and educational institutions, um, there's a big push and a big support for te reo Māori me tikanga learning. And so, yeah, it's... Um, and so for Rowan and Bianca, who have made a commitment to learn te reo Māori me tikanga, have been in the Otaki region for three years this year. Uh, Bianca is about to complete a degree in te reo Māori me tikanga. While the last year and this year, Rowan is doing ongoing te reo Māori me tikanga learning um, as well as working full-time. So it definitely is about their journey. Um and their push for it, their push for it. And um, I think it's wonderful. I'm, I'm honoured to be working with them and, and contributing as a collaborator and an artist uh, towards um, world premiere shows mm. like He Huia Kaimanawa um, and everything that it stands for. And we um, have a wonderful cast of dancers and they are all Māori of Māori descent um, 
and we have a wonderful crew. So what's really important is the culture behind the scenes. Just like Te Reo Māori, it comes with a culture, comes with a world view, a world perspective, uh, which is, I guess, the substance or the guts of it. So, Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would add about the name here, Huia Kaimanawa, um, which Tui named, um, meaning a precious gift, and I guess the saying ahokohe iti he ponamu, um, this is my small kind of koha of what I can kind of offer to, to the revitalization or to the conversation um, in my own way, yeah. And so Tui talked about you and Rowan learning te reo mm-hmm. and um, that being part of the development of the show. Did Is this show kind of an exploration of your journey and then kind of put out onto a bigger stage or did it start somewhere else? Yeah, it was... Um, so I made the decision, I mean, I've been a performer for a long time and working within Māori contemporary dance spaces. Um, and, you know, with COVID, everything went a little bit quiet and I thought it was a really, you know, perfect time for me to go study te reo Māori me ona tikanga. It's something I've always wanted to do, so it just kind of seemed like the right timing. Um, but it's pretty hard for performers or dancers to step away completely from those um, practices. So I thought, what? how's a way where I can study and I can still be, you know, making work and creating? Um, so right from the beginning of that journey, I had the idea to create a full-length work um, alongside my journey, you know, to create a work at the same time. Um, so, of course, initially it started as a personal um, journey but, you know, arriving at the Wānanga and, of course, um, many people there with shared stories and, um, you know, it's so much bigger than yourself. And I felt the need to, you know, I wanted to interview people and hear other people's stories and journeys. And, and that's all been collected over the last couple of years and added to the show. And it keeps on growing um, each time each time we do it. Yeah, so it was kind of like... Um, yeah, a, a platform, I guess, a platform for voices, a platform for stories. So, it, um, yeah, we didn't have a kind of preconceived idea of what the outcome would look like. We just kind of have been collecting as we've as we've been, you know, growing the work, and and this is where we're at. Yeah, so we premiered, like you said, at the Auckland Arts Festival, um, and this will be the second second time it's. Um, gone up at the at the Kiomo Festival, which is really exciting, and it's a bit crazy. I'm I'm been co-directing and you know producing and doing everything as well as dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Just to keep challenging yeah, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but like you said, it's quite tricky to step away as a performer when it is your own story. Mm. Yeah, you, know, you want to share it, and that's my you know my first language is definitely movement. Second language would be English. Third language to the old Māori. But um, yeah, so that's my easiest expression. That's my, you know, you know, that's how I say things. So I, yeah, that's, this is what I've created. Mm. I'd like to hear a bit about the process for pulling together a show like this mm. that is, you know, got a lot of. It's full of 
ideas and um, it's also using lots of different media to and different people involved to pull together this show. Um, and maybe we could start with the kind of research or gathering of information you did because it sounds like mm. <laughs> you did, you've done a bit of work there to prepare for this. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, it's co-directed between me and my partner, Ron Pierce. He's a spatial designer, um, sound designer, lighting, everything, misty everything, designer. Um, so I guess that was a big part as well. Like I've come in with the dance aspect, but collaborating with Rowan means that, you know, right from the get-go, we're working with sound, we're working with light, we're working with AV, we're working with set. Um, so that already from the beginning was kind of shaping how the work was going to be created. Um so, yes, it's a dance show, but it's also kind of so much more than that. The set kind of is a performer in itself. Um, and Tui, who's worked alongside us for a very long time um, as our mātanga, mātauranga Māori, we finally convinced to be on stage with us. So <laughs> Tui is also a performer um, and performing Māori weaponry and as well as using um, her exquisite voice. Um, yes, yeah, so we, it's true, there's too much. We could make five shows. <laughs> the first time we did the show, it was, yeah, close to two hours. We kind of cut it down to an hour and a half, and now we've got it to an hour. So I definitely think there's kind of a whole series of work. Um, we've got lots of interviews we haven't used. You know, there's, we've got vast amounts of information. So it was just kind of chopping and, you know, categorising it and trying to get kind of a thread of, of, of ah, story that we could tell with with what we we had um so it kind of starts um with stories of loss um you know of suppression or you know and as as the work goes on there's kind of the stories of hope of change of growth um and at the very end of the show our tamariki come out um who are kura kaupapa kids um who are just beautifully expressive and you know they've just been born into the language and it's kind of like this hope for the future this beautiful bright shining light that we all aspire to so um yeah m most of the people we interviewed are also um students at Te Wānongo Raukawa I don't know if listeners know but that's also how I know Perrine <laughs> studying at Hikereo last year um so people that we're willing to share as well as as um long-time friends family, yeah, all, all contributed. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Tui, this is your, f you've done performing arts in many ways over your life, but this is your first time on stage with this group? Yes. Yes, it is. Although we've worked on other projects together over the last 10 or so years. Um, so I was born on the stage <laughs> at the age of two. I was the youngest performer in Tao Marama group because I could sing and I could do the poi. I was really well coordinated. I could takahi my right leg and keep a beat. And our Auntie B used to pick me up on Sundays to go down to the pa at Ohenematu, and I was the baby. But I actually had very good speech and I could sing and I was 
really well coordinated. I could poi. <laughs> so that is not an uncommon thing in the Rotorua. All our children um, are on the stage in the womb and they're born <laughs> with a taiaha in their hand or a set of poise. So people may, might say, two years old, I don't think so. But actually, it's really quite natural in our community yeah. because of those opportunities, really. So working in the contemporary dance industry is new, and I've only been in this industry since 2011, and that was sharing a story that I was hoping my cousin Tairua Royal would create a work. And since then, um, I've been in the industry. And in that original work that I was a part of, Manawahine, it's called, uh, Bianca is one of the original dancers. So just talking about, going back about a bit, so Bianca had the concept, uh, the concept and idea, and with her and Rowan uh, um, working closely and intimately together, um, it also drew in the rest of us, not just myself, but we have a cast of women dancers. And so what I want to mention here is how we work together. And how we work together is a culmination and a collaboration of arts, of skills, of not necessarily like-minded people, but like-minded when it comes to aspiring towards the excellence, towards the show. And so that it all starts off with conversations, you know, and... Um, we had that buy-in from Nancy Wee John, from <coughs> Kelly Nash, um, and Samara Rewiti. And, you know, we've had other dancers involved somewhere along the line. Because that's really important to talk about that, because everybody's con contribution is, is <coughs> enormous, is enormous. And... Um, while somebody may have the concept and the idea to make that fruit is that you have to have the buy-in from everybody. It's a multiplicity of threads woven <coughs> together so that the fadiki can be completed, the mat can be completed. And so, I, yeah, I wanted to mention that because in all the works that I've had anything to do with since 2011, have all worked the same way, collaboratively. And I think that's really important. And we all guide the waka or the vessel. At times, we all take those reins, if you like, uh, depending on the contribution that is coming forward. And I think that's a really important thing to talk about. I've come from Kapahaka, so more in the last <coughs> 20, maybe, to 30 years, kapahaka is a lot more collaborative in terms of creative teams within a, a large mass body of people. But once upon a time when I grew up, 
It's you had two tutors, usually a male and a female, and that's what you did. Mm-hmm. And so there's a big difference, and I want to mention that because this is one of the greatest things that contemporary dance industry is for me is that everybody is counted and everybody's views and ideas are valued and they may not get used right here and now where you're suggesting it's a this could be a possibility but they never get wasted they're used somewhere in the work at another time perhaps and i think there's a lot of value in that mm. that People come with their artistic views, their skills, their creativity, and that it is all valued on all levels. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us what, you know, if people come along to the show in the weekend, what they kind of might expect to experience or see, hear, feel even? (laughs) Yeah, because it's an interesting one, getting people to come along to contemporary dance. (laughs) But I think it's a bit like contemporary art, you know, like it's not one thing. Like every time you go to something, it's going to be completely different. It's not like you might love it or hate it, but next time it completely changes. So, you know, some people might go to a contemporary dance show and not enjoy it and never go back, Mm. which I encourage you to go back because you'll never, ever see the same thing twice. Yeah. and I think what makes this show particularly special is the collaboration with the, the design. Like I've worked with many companies for a long time and the process is normally that you create a work in a studio and then you have a few days in the theatre to throw some lights on it. Um, but yeah, I think what makes this different is working with um, designer Rowan Pierce right from the get-go, from day one. Um, so that you're getting a feast of your, you know, for all your senses. Um, you know, there's loud light, there's strobe, there's, you know, Ron really wants you to um, not just feel comfortable in your seat and enjoy the show. Yeah. He really wants you to feel it, you know, um, you know, your whole body to experience it and to and to go away, kind of going, whew, like I was really in there with them. Um, is always kind of the goal to kind of move and shake the people um, that are watching it. Um, yeah, and I guess that's my goal as a performer too. I, it's funny, I wouldn't really call myself a choreographer. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like Tui said, I just work with all the right people and we're a great team and I'm never, I, never, I never care about the dance moves. Like, I never get finicky about where your arm's meant to be or if your toe's pointed or anything. I care about what it's saying or, you know, how it's being interpreted or um, what the energy is doing. Like, how do we want the energy to be moving? Where do we want it to be going up, down? Where do we want it to be settling? Where do we want, you know, it to be vigorous or pushing? And um, that's the most important um, thing to me, Um, you know, where you can look the audience in the eye or, um, you know, all those tricks to keep the audience with you and engaged is is what, as an outside eye, when I'm stepping out, that's what I'm looking for is kind of that, um, that journey. Um, and people that have come along, I also don't real, think they realise how big a part Tui has. She's um, storytelling and karakia and waiata are, like, threaded right through the whole production 
um, which is definitely, yeah, a big part of the show as well. Um, anything to add to that, Tilly Rainsfield? Yeah, I thought of something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, <clears throat> I just really love the contemporary dancers. Um, at the New Zealand National Dance and Drama School, where Te Whaia Theatre is, they have a whakatauaki that Timoti Karitu gave them, and it's it's kia kōreroai te katoa te tinana, which means let the story be told through the movement of the body, which is what Bianca was just talking about. And that is, you know, like when I travel overseas to festivals, music festivals or dance festivals, um, I, I just fiercely love all Indigenous works um, because everybody comes with their own set of actions and tools of movement. And <clears throat> I think it's fair to say that all movement comes from the elements. It comes from Mother Nature. It's, and we, in our own language, our own indigeneity, have our way of expressing it, like haka, like contemporary dance. And you want audiences to come away from there feeling ignited on all those levels, on all those levels. You want them uh, to be evoked. Um, you want them to be invoked, and you want everything to be provoked, and that's so that the full expression of emotional expression is that it stirs you up, like that you feel it bite your skin. Mm. You know, and so you're using your own sensories. Uh, whether you have eyes, whether you have hearing, you feel the vibration in the floor. And and it's true. Um, Rowan aspires to, to have that all in the work. And I think it's in the work. Yeah. I think it's in the work. Uh, to date, all our performances have... Um, have resulted in a lot of our audience members uh, reduced to tears and speechless and just wanting to touch you or touch the performers uh, and there's no words that they have to express. So if, if we're moving people like how haka moves the world, then we're doing a great job. Kia kōreroai te tinana. Let the body speak volumes. Yeah, what up? Um, <clears throat> I notice in the write-up, well, I think I noticed in the write-up, you don't really use the term dance or contemporary mm. dance. It's kind of focused on just kind of movement and kind of other words. And... I'm just wondering if that's something that you've kind of deliberately tried to step away from or it just didn't feel right for this particular show. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess it's that thing where um, people think of a certain, you know, a certain thing comes to mind when you say contemporary dance. Um, but all of us movers <laughs> have come from a whole lot of different backgrounds. Um, and, yeah, the one big thing, I guess, having Tui on board is incorporate, incorporating what you, I guess you'd say traditional Māori movement or... Um, um, like we use mōrāko, um, patu, haka, pukana, um, all these concepts um, in the work um, to kind of create, I guess, a kind of contemporary form or a, our own kind of unique way of moving. But it is, it's it's a really interesting line um, of, you know, I hate that word fusion, you know, but that kind of idea of contemporary and, and haka and, and how do you use both of these and and um, and keep the integrity of both. Um, and that is exactly why we've had Tui with us for all the years and all the projects um, because she's aware of that line. And, yes, we are in contemporary forms, you're always kind of pushing that line, but there's also, um, you know, Places that you also, you know, there's a there's a there's a mark, there's boundary. Um, you know, you'd never probably put a patu on your face. It's still a weapon, you know. Like there's, so that's why we have Tui in the room. And I've been. That's actually my biggest worry sometimes when I see who's in the audience. I go, oh no, you know, whoever's here and they're just incredible Morocco artists or something. Yeah. And um, when they come up to us and say, you know, that the integrity was held or something, that's like the biggest compliment for me. Yeah. But it's it's these practices, you know, um, yes, it's around, you know, we're trying to grow ourselves as artists and as people when we're creating our work as well. Um, so we're like, okay, how can we keep on building, you know, our skills in Mōrāko? How can we go back to Rotorua and do wānanga and keep growing these skills alongside our dance practice because I'm, you know, a movement artist or, yeah. you know, so all these things are only going to grow um, grow me as a practitioner or as an artist as well. So trying to put those things in the first show we, me and Ron made t- together, Pōhutu, we, we also used the koi koi, ne, the mōrāko, um, and they were these. They were made of perspex, and um, it was kind of my idea of oh well, it's not a real one. It's kind of like a ghost one or a shape of one or an idea of one because yeah. I'm kind of too scared <laughs> to be holding a real one. Um, Hehuia Kaimana, where we've now got wooden ones, you know. So it's kind of we're the kind of the next step, and you know, my aim would in ten years' time to you know be holding a carved one and mm-hmm. see that growth would you know would is kind of where we're where we're heading. Not quite there yet, but one more step along the along the spectrum. Um, yeah. So that's we want to talk a little bit to about you watching us in studio and giving us feedback. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I I come. I am a traditionalist, and it's been really important that Rowan and Bianca have. A given opportunity to the dancers as well as themselves to have some formal traditional training because what's happening this is how I feel is in the contemporary world of dance is that I don't know I don't know if it's fair to say that I see people running out of ideas 
And so they're, they're wanting to use indigenous forms and ideas um, to extend their own ideas yeah. in the work. But what I always say to Bianca and them is that you use anything Māori, it always has a papa, and it, it has a, a lot of kaupapa and events and storytelling around it. And so you can't, you shouldn't use these things willy-nilly because there, there is um, ramifications that go with it. And if I'm working alongside them, it won't be them that will be brought to attention. It will be me because I'm the one that's expected to be able to navigate in a safe space culturally, traditionally, and in the contemporary space. And so I believe that when we are introducing, or when I'm introducing anything like this into the space, that I'm always thinking about and am aware that the dancers are protected. Protected from what? Why? Because they don't come, they haven't lived with that experience, they, ha they don't have that knowledge. And so that ignorance is naive and it, it needs to be cared for and looked after rather than let them be completely free with things and then, you know. So it's really important when you introduce stuff that they feel safe and that you articulate an understanding so that then, when, for instance, when they're using the weaponry, that there are tikanga that go with using it. Because the movements that they are using come from Māori culture, our performing arts. Um, but, you know, and I think just with some formal training, it strengthens and gives it a greater presence and a more deliberate and confident competency in their performance. Mm. And it's like any learning. It's like learning African dancing, you know, the dance steps of the feet and the legs and the position of the body. I mean, this is an indigenous way of moving. And if you're going to take that on, you should learn something about it. And what you'll find is that all comes from Mother Nature, from their world perspective, from our world perspective. Um... The thing is with Māori is that we can name all the actions because they weren't just names pulled out of the air. They actually represent how the kawo maro moves, which is the black shag. They actually represent, like poi dancers, uh, speak about the maiden flights of our small birds and then the, the quadruple long poi the long poi in flight um, represents the flight of the tekotiku or the white heron. And so everything that we do, it comes from Mother Nature, but it comes with its own set of tikanga and knowledge and it's full of stories and songs and sayings and figurative language and metaphors and analogies and so it's 
in a sense, there's a sacredness about mm. all of that. It's a bank of knowledge that belongs to a certain group of people. It's not just about, oh, well, they got it from Mother Nature. Oh, well, we can, do, we can say we got it from Mother Nature. But actually, our ancestors have created uh, knowledge around all these things. And, um, and Rowan and Bianca and our whole dance troupe have been open to learning and growing their own skills. Uh, like they have been with Te Reo Māori. I mean, when I first started off in this industry, I sort of found that karakia or the use of karakia was just a mundane thing, but it's not like that for our dance troops anymore. Like there's a certain presence, there's a sort, certain mean, meaningful way of doing that. And now to date... Bianca is writing her own karakia, tapito, wow. writing her own songs. Yeah. And that's a result of somebody that is willing and wanting to contribute more. Kitona reo, me ona tikanga. And to utilising all of that in, in her niche, which is contemporary dance industry. Like... The word dance, you, you mentioned that in the question. I mean, haka means dance. Mm. That's what haka means, if we want to translate a word that means dance. Haka means dance. It was referred to as a men's war posture dance. And nevertheless, it's still dance. It's kori kori. It's kani kani. It's movement. It's yeah. movement. It speaks. It's, it's, it's the language of the body. It was such a beautiful expression of, um, yeah, I guess the need to be very conscious in what you kind of play with or try and adapt or use or interact with. Um, it sounds like it's quite a lot of responsibility on you, Tui, and I'm wondering if you, if that's something you carry or if you have other people who you're working with, or if it's more like your ancestors, or... Yeah, it's a culmination of things. I mean, areas that I'm feeling challenged about, if I can't uh, have enough time to think about it and deconstruct, you know, and actually find out the context and the intent, then I, I can support, I can sort, sort, expert advice mm. you know I'm not without the resources yeah but I come with a huge package really and my own creativity mm. and I find it very easy navigating Māori tikanga Māori and everything that that encompasses in non-Māori spaces but you know if you're working with people that are willing and open and engaging then there's no issue. And we talk. We we communicate. We we talk. And I think that is your biggest gift to each other. 
is that we can communicate, we can express how we feel, we can have time out from each other, we can yeah. come back to the drawing yeah. board and discuss it again. Maybe we don't use it here, but maybe we could use it there. And that's the value placed on in these processes. So um, in terms of responsibilities, I mean, I'm just always going to take a lead when it comes to the utilisation of anything Māori um, and to date there's been no issues mm. really no issues but we have we work with wonderful people we work with people that know how to talk and and know how to express themselves and know how to have time out yeah. and know how to come back and then we talk some more you know and I think that if uh if respect is in your processes, as individuals, as people, as people working together, as in a dance company or whatever, I think that the production, the fruits of all of that, is well. Mm. It, it has to be. Yeah. Because everybody is on board. He wakaike noa, we're all in this together. We're all in this together, and it's important that that vessel keeps driving forward. Yeah, so leadership. I And everyone comes in at different levels with their own leadership. Um, it's it's true to say that I'm the oldest one in all the dance companies, <laughs> except when I'm with my cousin. He's a bit older than me. But... Maybe there's uh, something precious about ha having somebody mature mm -hmm. or just ha has lived a little bit longer. I don't know. But definitely Bianca and Rowan and all the dancers respect what I'm able to bring to a work. And, um, and that's great. Yeah. It's great. Shall we move on to the Kiamo Festival as a, you know, as something that you're a part of? So you've been, you've had a few shows in it, 2019 Pōhutu. Yes. And then 2021 Te or o Pōhutu. That's right. Um, which was an installation at Toi Pōniki. Um, what is it that kind of brings you into Kiamo, you know, every two years it seems like? Yeah, I feel very, yeah, fortunate to have, yeah, this is our third work. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> the team, I mean, the team is awesome. The directors of the festival, um, you know, Hone and um, Media. Delina's the executive. Delina Wehepehana, I've had a very long relationship with through Atameda as well. She's on the boards of everything. Um, <laughs> but that team are incredibly special and just real, they're just so down to earth. They just, what do you want to do, B? I want to do yeah. this. What space do you want? I want that one. You know, they're just really up for just giving you the platform to do what you want to do, create what you want to do. Lots of festivals, you know, they want a certain work looking a certain way and, you know, there's all these kind of things that come with it, whereas Kiamo are like, you tell us what um, you want and we'll, we'll make it work for you. Um, so they actually 
gave us some money in 2019 mm-hmm. to do Pohutu because we were doing it off, you know, the smell of oily rag because it was our first self-produced, um, self-directed um, work, just kind of, you know, outside of a company, just doing it ourselves as freelancers. Um, and we talked to Kiamo and they said, cool, we'll give you a theatre, we'll give you a, you know, small mm-hmm. amount of money and we'll make it happen. Um, and our relationship has kind of grown from there. Um, yeah, so that was Poitou, 2019, far out. That was oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and then it all went a bit crazy with COVID and we created this installation work, Te Mauri, or Poitou, which was kind of like a sister work to the live work. Um, this idea of how we can, yeah, looking at different ways, what we what we're going to make if it's not live performance. <laughs> Um, if we're not having audiences to come, you know, have, we can only have 10 people in the room at once or something. How can we still make it work? Um, how can the festival, you know, carry on? So I think they did a lot of things online that year and the things that were on were, um, yeah, were kind of contained to how many people could come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we created, of course, Tui was part of that work as well. Um and yeah, that was called Te Mauri or Pohutu. And we have a few other ideas from that have continued to develop as well. There was one big um, smoke screen um, that we didn't get going oh. in Te Mauri or Pohutu. Um, and then we uh, redeveloped that for um, um, up in Ōtaki and it was renamed Pohutukawa. So, I mean, I guess it's just these working with Rowan even this new work we've made here, Huyokai Manua, it's like, oh man, he's made these beautiful sculptural works. How can they, yeah, how can we be creating sister works alongside our theatre practice so that, um, you know, p- parts of it could be shown in different ways? Um, there's many elements of Huyokai Manua that I feel like could stand alone in galleries or different spaces. Um, and I think COVID really changed our thinking in terms of that. That wouldn't have happened, you know, without that kind of break away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, film. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what we did. 2000, what did you say? 21. Yes. And now um, two years later, we've this is our second full-length work. Yeah, Hihuia Kaimanua. Um, and, yeah, we'll be at Te Whaia, which is a big, beautiful space. Mm-hmm. Um, this week. I mean, there's heaps of amazing shows. Check out the website, Kia Mo. Are you going to get the chance to see other shows or meet up with other artists? Yeah, I really hope. Yeah, possibly. Our following week. Yeah, we've got, I've got some really close friends, Wai Fakata, um, dance theatre show, Eddie Elliott directed. Um, That's Mm -hmm. on. I'm hoping to make it to a dress rehearsal. Oh, yeah, Kopu has just come down from Tamaki. Um, where we, um, Te Pau Theatre, where we um, performed Hewea Kaimanawa and Tamaki. So, yeah, a lots of awesome things on, live music gigs and things. So it, always a pleasure to be part of the festival. Yeah. Always a bit of a hum in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, cross fingers we'll get to make it to other shows. But we'll be in the theatre from tomorrow. So Rowan's been here for two days with kind of the tech team packing in. Um, that happens all day, Monday, Tuesday. We all arrive Wednesday, Thursday, and we're up on Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three shows, 9th, 10th, and 11th. The Sunday is actually a 4 p.m. matinee. Um, yeah, that'll yeah, be us. Busy. <laughs> well, a busy week follows. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so when you're on, when you'll be on the stage and you'll be interacting with Hōneki audiences, mm-hmm. and you know, I I gather that depending on who's in the audience influences the show a fair bit. So I want to know about if you have any kind of expectations or experiences with Wellington audiences compared to, you know, you live in Ōtaki, which is slightly different vibe. You've done a lot of work in Auckland and you in Rotorua, Tui. Uh, no. Just, <laughs> you know, all, audiences come with their own expectations. And <clears throat> one of the most important thing is that they leave feeling like they didn't know what to expect. Yeah. You know, that's that, there's some mystery in that. Uh, I, I don't think you should expect anything, but people will. Yeah. It's human nature. Uh, but if they leave there feeling happy and their body has received a great experience, I think that's a, that's a good indication that whatever we've all put together has done a great job. You know, like it's it's moved people, it's stirred people, it's taken people's breath away. And um, there's just so many elements in He Huya Kaumanawa. So many elements. And, you know, there may, there may be the audio-visual stuff that just moves you. It might be uh, the dancers that move you. It might be the solos that move you. It might be the voice in the black box that moves you. It might be the sans- soundscape that's pre-recorded that moves you. Who who knows? Yeah. And it might be just a culmination of all of that, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always... I definitely have a big community up in Tamaki. I know when I... You know, we're doing shows in Auckland. I know who's going to be there. And I know who's going <laughs> to yeah, come and yeah. support... Um, with Wellington, it's yeah a little bit different for me, but that is Rowan was in Wellington for a long time, ten fifteen years. He lived there. Um, he is a graduate of Toy Fakari, which is where Tefaya is. Um, and the last couple of years, he's actually been doing some teaching at Toy Fakari, teaching in the right. design um, department, um, spatial design course there at Toy Fakari. So he's you know he he's got a community as well as in the music scene in Wellington yeah. for a long time. Um, so, yeah, Rowan will definitely, hopefully, bring his community, <laughs> but also Samara Rewiti is a fresh grad. She's been out for two years now from um, the School of Dance. Yeah. yeah, so hoping she'll bring her, you know, her community with her. Um, but we're hoping to not just get dancers. Yes. Man, yeah. we always just fill, dance shows are filled with dancers supporting other dancers. Um, and, you know, theatre shows seem to get, the audiences. This is a theatre show as well. We've got yeah, people, you know, all sorts of expressions. So yeah, I really encourage people, even if they've never seen contemporary dance, to, you know, um, come do something new. All right. We're all out of time for today. Thank you both so much for coming in to talk to us. Namahinu Nuikia Kurua Kia Koto Hoki. Mote um hotaka ai um namehi ai tenakwe